Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, the fourth chapter, verses 14 through 21. Let us listen to the word of God. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to preach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue, and on the Sabbath day, as was his custom, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it began. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant and he sat down. The eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Well, again, it is a, a pleasure to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, happy Father's Day to all of the fathers in the house. I was, as I came in, uh, one of the radio announcers said, you know, I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I really just want some fathers to call in because we have a lot of women that are single moms. And he said, you know, I'm not, you know, trying to disrespect you today, but I just want the fathers who have raised their children. So I'm just saying happy Father's Day to all that apply. <laughs> Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. We will give you thanks and we will give you praise. We do not take it for granted, O oh God, that you opened our eyes this morning and we were able to come into this house of worship. There was truly something that you have for us to do today. For some, when they open their eyes, will behold your beautiful face. Bless us and may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, thou who art our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So, wow, I, I didn't know where to go this Sunday. Uh, it's Father's Day. We've had a horrible week of violence. We're celebrating, unfortunately, the anniversary of the killings of those folk that were worshiping at Emmanuel AME Church. I mean, I could just go on and on about the sadness that has really been upon my heart this week. And then there's Father's Day, and of course, well, you know, I could preach about God who is our Father. I could talk about men in the church, men in the world that have done great things. It is also Juneteenth. Does anyone know what Juneteenth is? Okay. So, well, I kind of enlightened you. So I decided I was going to put it all together. Okay, so we're going to have a little smorgasbord. Uh, and so I um, wanted to talk about this text, which is the story of Hagar, how many people know the story of Hagar? It's kind of put into the story of Abraham. It's kind of like, you know, um, your, your child is in a movie for like two seconds, and you get all excited. Say, but didn't you see him? Okay, we rewind the tape again. Didn't you see him? 
So this is kind of the, you know, Abraham and Sarah are the major characters. And so Hagar is a participant, but, you know, an insignificant participant. But I am a womanist. I don't know if you know what that means, but um, I went to, when I was in seminary uh, a few years ago uh, in the late 80s, um, we had the onslaught of feminism, and these were women that felt that there was some language that we use in the church that was um, uh, didn't feel comfortable for them. And so in seminary, we had to use inclusive language. And even when I preach now, and if I pray particularly in a public environment, I've got to say God. I can't say Jesus because we have other faiths that are there. Uh, and so what happened was women of color said, ah, this feminism doesn't really speak to me either. And so we came up with womanist theology and noted um, female theologians of color. Um, and it's a lot you can read on it. And it's, I think, fascinating to read books and texts that come from people's context. Uh, and so this is a, a text that womanists go to. Now, there's a text. You want to know about a text that feminists go to? No? Okay, I won't share with you. I can, you know I am, right? So we know, you know, there are two creation stories, correct? Yes? This is call and response, so it's okay. Yes, no? Yes. There are two creation stories. And the first one talks about a, a handsome man being put to sleep and woman being formed from the rib, correct? The second creation story talks about God creating the heaven and the earth and God creating them. Male and female, Adama from the ground. It's more of an egalitarian type of interpretation. And so this is a text that feminists use to talk about the rights of women in the church. And I thank God for that, because how many women here are leading in the church? Okay, so that, that's a text we want to kind of lift up. And, and this is another one. It's a story of Hagar that was a slave woman. So Juneteenth, you may or may not recall that... Um, Slavery ended in this country in 1863, and it was supposed to begin January 1, 1863. But in Texas, you know, we don't have um, Skype and the Internet and blast from CNN. And so it took two years. How many years? Two more years. 1865 is when in the state of Texas, slaves realized that they were free. Mm. Two years? Two, two, two long years. And then we read the news yesterday of, of nooses being hung. I mean, my goodness. Um, I, there are times when I think, I thank God that we have a God because I can't imagine where we would be without God. And so this is a story about a woman that was a slave and was free. And God told her to go back. And she was in that situation for another 15 years. And so it's the story of Hagar. Would you love to hear her story? Now, you know, God said to Abraham and Sarah that they would be the father and mother of a great nation, right? As many stars are in the sky, as many grains of sand are on the beach, so shall your descendants be. But unfortunately, and I'm not looking at any man, they did not have Viagra back then. So... There was a problem. They were both old in age, and Sarah was barren. 
And so Sarah does what a lot of us do. God reveals to us a promise. God reveals to us the plan in our lives. And we get impatient, don't we? And we decide, oh, God, you know, we're going to help you out a little bit. Guess what? Flash news. God does not need our help. He needs our service. Okay? There's a difference. Any Tates in here? Last name Tate. Agitate. Instigate. God doesn't need any tapes on the session, nor as church members. And Sarah did what many of us, she went to her husband, she goes, we're going to prime this pump. We're going to move this plan along. And you may have a relationship with my slave, and her name was Hagar. And the rule was that, that, that Hagar would birth this child, but that child was to be Sarah's child. And that would begin the beginning of this great nation that God had promised Abraham and Sarah. And that was the tradition back then, plain and simple. But, you know, the relationship began to change. And, and women, I'm not asking you, or men, again, I'm not looking at anybody that has ever been in a three-way relationship. I'm just talking to I know somebody in here has been in a three-way relationship. Two women, two women fighting over one man or something back in the day, back in the day when you were young in the playground at five. Two women fighting over one man. And the text tells us that Sarah got a little disgusted with Hagar because I believe Hagar began to have a little affirmation because this man that was the ruler of this nation and their tribe was giving her attention. And like any father, first child, he's excited. He's doting on his child. And Sarah's like, wow, this was not what I thought it would be. And she's so cruel, the text tells us, that Sarah... Sarah was so cruel to Hagar that Hagar ran away into the wilderness. And while she's there, guess who pays her a visit? Like in the puppet show? God. This is the only text in the Bible where God speaks to a human himself. God comes to Hagar. She's a slave. She's an Egyptian slave woman. And he says, why are you here? And she says, she talks about Sarah and how cruel Sarah has been to her. And God tells her she will be the leader of a great nation just as Abraham. He gave her a promise and he told her to go back. And I struggled for that for years. Why God would tell someone to go back into an abusive situation. That's not my understanding of whether it was abusive, but she clearly says that she's having a terrible time and she runs away. But if God is going to make her the mother of a great nation, she has to have a healthy baby. And she can't have a healthy baby out in the wilderness. Some God, sometimes God tells you to stay put for a reason and a purpose. And so can you imagine that she now has to go back? And the text tells us, as we read this morning, 15 years later, Isaac is born. And Sarah says, okay. I have my own son. Get her and that baby out of here. Isn't that what he says? And, and, and Abraham is troubled. And God says it's okay because she will be blessed and the child will be blessed because this is your child. But again, I think something happened to Hagar in those 15 years. And sometimes God puts a, a pause on your blessing. 
Have you ever felt like God wanted you to do something? Maybe it was go to school and it just seemed like something happened. You had to care for a family member. Then you had to, there was something along the way that kept putting a pause on the promise that God gave you. Anybody in here? I broke my collarbone. I was working when I was at Towson. I was a piano major, ready to graduate. I took my youth group skiing, and one of the children did not come down. And we waited and we waited, so I had to go up the slope. And I came down on a sheet of ice, hello, down on my collarbone. I had to graduate the next year. But God had a reason and a purpose for that. Just like God has a reason and a purpose for the many things that you may have had a pause on. But let me tell you about why I believe God had a pause for Hagar. Hagar became the leader, queen mother of a great nation. Her son Ishmael started the tribe called the Ishmaelites that later became the nation of Islam. And so I love to say we all have the same baby daddy. Guess what? We all have the same baby daddy. Right? Jews. Christians and Muslims, and we are the fightingest siblings <laughs> in the world. So I'm not getting political. I'm just giving you a bit of history because I'm a history buff here. But if Hagar was a slave, she had to learn how to lead as a free woman, right? Now, I was pastor at Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church, and uh, one of the pastors of Madison was Hiram Revels, that was the first African-American senator voted after Reconstruction. We know Reconstruction happened a minute, and then that led to all the horrible things that came thereafter. But Hagar had to learn how to deal with other tribes, how to deal with other nations, and she had the ear of Abraham. So for 15 years, I'm assuming she was a smart sister. And she learned everything that she needed to learn so that when God released her pause button, when God released her imprisonment, when God decided, yes, finally you are free, she was able to do so. Do you follow me? Make sense? And so a lot of times in the midst of our situation when we feel like we're being punished or you apply for jobs and you just can't seem to get out of where you are, you just feel stuck. You ever felt stuck? Like you just can't get out. But maybe God is using that time for you to learn so that when you get your prize, when you receive your promise, you will be ready to do the work of God. We see all these signs about the lotto and all these people that win. And then we get these articles where people that have won all this money then lose it. Worship is a time of preparation for you. Bible study, your own individual Bible study and prayer time with God are all preparations for what God wants you to do next week. But sometimes we get stuck on the problem. And not the promise. Anybody get stuck on? I know I do. <sighs> I met with someone on my job, and she just complained for about a half an hour. I was supposed to stay all day. And I said, I got to get out of here. I mean, I just couldn't. She didn't realize just how she had let this, this problem overcome her. In the midst of your problem, see God working. Get the fruits and the benefit of that time. I love the, the story of Joseph. Same thing. 
Joseph on his journey to, to Egypt, I mean, he is, and, and I love to say this fact. Remember Ishmael, that was Hagar's son, when Joseph's brothers decided they were going to kill him, and then one of his brothers felt guilty and threw him into a ditch, right, and sold him into slavery. Who do you think purchased him? One of his first cousins, the Ishmaelites. Isn't that something? And both of Abraham's sons together stood at his grave. So they did have some type of unifying. But Joseph, who became the second in command of all of Egypt, was put in all these situations, but it was so that God could prep him. He wasn't given, sold into slavery to just any man. The general in charge of the army was the man in which Joseph found himself as a slave. So again, isn't he listening? Isn't he hearing all of the political strategies? It's like being in the White House with Donald Trump and hearing all the secrets. Really? And it's all of that language and all of that teaching that Joseph garnered that allowed him to lead the people. And even the Pharaoh says, he's in charge and you go to him for most things. And so on a Sunday when we are celebrating Juneteenth, and it's um, a portmanteau. So Juneteenth, it was June 19th in 1865 when the slaves in Texas realized that for two years they had been free. Juneteenth celebrations are happening this weekend And so it's kind of appropriate that we talk about God, who is our father, who has freed this woman, Hagar, the only woman that he spoke to in the Bible, who became the leader of a great nation. But more than that, I think for all of us, when you have a problem, don't get stuck in the problem. And know that God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. And we can't be distracted by all the things that come in our way. We have to stay focused on the purpose and God's plan. And if God could do it for Hagar, I know he can do it for me, and I know he can do it for you. And the text ends with Hagar now being free. She and her son are in the wilderness, and all the water and the bread and and all the alimony, I guess, that Abraham gave her is gone, right? And she, the text says she puts her son away from her so she doesn't see him die. So she had forgotten about the promise, right? She's stuck in the problem and in the present. And the angel of God says to him, what, what troubles you while you're afraid? And God again says, your son will be blessed. He will make of a great nation. And it says, then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. And that text for me says God released the pause button. She was forced to um, have a relationship with a man that she may or may not have liked or even thought was good looking. She wasn't asked permission. She then leaves and goes into the desert and she's afraid, right? With this child, no Obamacare, no health care, no nothing. God tells her to go back. So he put a pause on her praise. You follow me? He gave her promise, but he said, I'm putting on pause because you need to go back. 
because you need to have a healthy baby and you need to go back and learn what it means to be a queen mother and you need to go back and learn what it needs to rule a nation because you're going to have to teach your son for him to become a great ruler. But in this text, when God let her freedom go, when she left Abraham's house, she did not realize that she was free because she was so consumed with slavery. It's only after God shows her the water is when she realizes the pause button has been released. Follow me? The pause button was released when she left Hagar's house, Sarah's house. And sometimes I love this. Your enemy becomes your footstool. So Sarah thought she was doing something bad to her nemesis. But in reality, she was freeing Hagar. Right? That's when her freedom came, but she didn't realize it. So the final thought for you is what has God promised you and you're sitting down on it? I'm telling you to release your pause button. There is something that God has promised you and we've been so consumed with all these other things. And we, oh, I'm just stuck in my life. I'm just so bored and I'm so unhappy. Who's ever felt that way? It's the same thing day in, day Well, release the pause button, baby. Because God has already promised you something, but sometimes we're so consumed with the problem. There's a wonderful song, and it says, instead of telling God about your problem, tell your problem about your God. Stop telling God. Do you think God doesn't know about your problem? God knows about the problem. You need to tell yourself that God is bigger than anything that is keeping you stuck. I come here, I, you've got all this brand new development. You've got all these beautiful houses and this green grass and the, the, the baseball fields are full with people playing baseball and soccer on Sunday morning. <laughs> Our churches are closed except for about three hours on Sunday. The, the church building is the only business that is closed most of the time. And you wonder why we're not. Is that a good, who's an economist out there? Does that make sense? You think Rite Aid would make money if they were open two hours on Sunday? You think the liquor store would be having money? No. You think kids would learn if the school was open two days a week? The church house, the funeral home was open more than the church house. I'm just saying. We, We have to change. We have to, we've got to do, you've got a beautiful facility here. Wow. I can't wait to see where God, we're getting ready to go to convention. Aren't you excited about convention? Yes? Yes? God is good. Release the pause button. Go just meditate this week. What is it that God promised me and I just feel like God maybe forgot about that promise? He's saying here it is. Release the pause button so that you can fully live into the person that God wants you to be today. This is the word of the Lord.